tonight we, tonight we are actually starting off a brand new series, and we're calling it Running Your Race. So if you're going to take some notes, you want to write that in as our series title, Running Your Race. Or you can personalize it and put Running My Race. That way you, when you see it, it's, it's personal to you. Running My Race. Now, if, if you've ever... Uh, did a race, marathon, a sprint, something like that, or maybe even ran track, there's a, there's a starting point and then there's a finish line. And normally what they will say is, they will say, on your mark, get set, and then they will say, go. It never happens the other way around. It'll never happen backwards. They'll never say, go, get set, now on your mark. It just A race cannot be run that way. And sometimes we think life can be run that way. We think we can run life by just going, and then we mess up, and then we say, okay, I need to get set. I need to reset myself. I need to recalibrate. And then now I need to find my mark in life. And we say it like this, Lord, who am I? Who am I in you? What is my life supposed to look like? It's, it's like there was no manual. We just went. We just ran. But God says, no, you have a race to run. There's a life that I have given to you, and you're going to run your race. You're not going to run someone else's race. I am going to prepare you, equip you to run your race. You can't run someone else's race and finish. You can only run your race and finish. In other words, only you can live your life. No one else can do it for you, and you can't live someone else's life. Only you can live your life. That's why they say, on your mark. Not on their mark. It's on your mark. In other words, you get in your lane, and on your mark, you get set. It's on your mark, in your lane. And that term is specifically there for specific reasons, to give a specific instruction before the race begins. It doesn't happen in the middle of the race. It doesn't happen at the end of the race. It happens before the race begins. Otherwise, you get disqualified. Now, I ran a couple races, and, you know, in, in elementary school, you, you race your friends, or whoever can run to the pole is a winner. You know, you do those kinds of things. Uh, we have some races in school. During Thanksgiving, we had, like, a turkey trot. If you win, you win the turkey. So we ran that, those kinds of races. We also ran races like a, a 5K or like the Aloha Run, or a marathon. Some of you, well, I'm not sure if you're here, maybe you have, you've done a triathlon, maybe a Molokai Channel, you've done that, you've canoe racing, uh, you've done biking, some sort of race where you have to train for it. There's a difference between I race you to the mailbox and I race you to Molokai. There's a major difference in the way you need to prepare for that. It's in the preparation that's going to tell you, are you going to actually take this race seriously? God calls this life that we live a race. He gives us instruction as he gives us this race. He doesn't just throw us here and say, okay, you're in this race, so good luck. I hope, hopefully you do well, and when you're tired, just come to me, and then you'll be fine. He says, no, 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 I'm going to give you some instruction, and it's going to be up to you if you're going to receive this instruction or not. But I tell you, if you receive this instruction from me, says the Lord, there are going to be plans that you're going to see unfold, and they're going to give you a hopeful future. 
not just running and being tired, but you're going you're gonna to see some things happen in your life that you would never experience if you have never come to me and ran this race my way. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you don't have your Bibles, I'll, I'll read it to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And God gives each of us a race to run. And Paul the Apostle is actually talking to this church in Corinth. That's why it's called Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is the first letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth. So Paul the Apostle, one who was away from God, he wasn't following God, but then on his road, on, the, on his race, that road to Damascus, as he's traveling this road, he meets Jesus in resurrected form. Jesus has already gone to the cross and the grave and resurrected, and then he sees Jesus. And Paul's life is never the same. He was Saul, and after he met Jesus, went through a major change, and now he became Paul the Apostle. So from Saul to Paul. And now Paul is telling everybody about Jesus. And many of them are skeptical of him because they're saying, wait a minute, you are the one who are persecuting Christians. How, how can we trust in you? But there, was, there were some disciples, in fact, one man by the name of Ananias, who came to the disciples and said, listen, I, I know this guy. He's for real. He's, his life has been changed. I will vouch for him. And then the disciples kind of let Paul in a little bit by little bit. And at first, they were a little skeptical, and they were kind of keeping their eye on him. Kind of like, wait a minute, this, this guy, is, this guy is the, he's the mean one. So we're not just going to let him into our, into our hood right now or into our, our circle right now. We don't, we don't know what he's up, up to. But Ananias came up to them and said, no, 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 no. I've seen his life change. He is a new person. And I prayed for him. God gave me a vision about this man. So it'll be okay. Now Paul writes this letter to the church in Corinth and he's letting them know what an experience he had for his life. And now he's giving them something that he already experienced. In other words, he's saying, listen, I know where you are. I know where you come from. I know how hard life is. Let me tell you about my life and what Jesus did for me. Kind of sounds like us, doesn't it? Yeah, Paul's no different. Paul was just like us. Lost without God, found by Jesus, now we live for him. It's just that simple. That's how good Jesus is. It's not based on our goodness. It's just how good he is. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, Paul says this. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Then he says this, you run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. That word temperate means keeping or held within limits. In other words, you're temperate. You're not just going crazy all over the place. You're not extreme, excessive. You're, you're, you're mild. You're, you're temperate. In all things, you're, you're balanced well. And then he says, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. In other words, for the prize, for the trophy, for the accolades, for the front page. He's saying they do this for an imperishable crown. But we do it for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. So he's saying when you run for Jesus, when you're, when you're living for God, you're not running with uncertainty. You know that it's a good race. You know the outcome, and it'll always be good. You may not know the details of it. You may not know the specifics, but you know that the end result will always be good. Why? Because God is good. Even when it's dark, God is light. Even when it's, it's uh, difficult, God is the one who draw, draws us closer to himself 
and bring simplicity into our lives when it's complicated. He says, you don't run with uncertainty. Thus, I fight. Not as one who beats the air. In other words, Paul is saying, I fight. I fight for my marriage. I fight for my family. I fight for my belief. I fight for my faith. I fight for being better and better, not for the cause of wanting to have the glory, but I want to be better and better to represent God well. I fight. It's a struggle, he's saying. It's a struggle. It is a fight. But I don't fight as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. In other words, there is a purpose why he beats himself into submission. There is a purpose why he so-called exercises his body into submission. There is a reason and a purpose as he runs this race, as he prepares for this life. There is a reason, there is a purpose, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. This is what he's saying. If you want to write in a, a point, you write this in. Find my pace in my race. You find your pace in your race. What is your pace? What does it look like? You're not running someone else's race. Find your pace in your race. Just, just evaluate where you are right now. You don't have to shoot toward the future or, or look in your past. Just where you are right now. Just name some things. I'm a father. I'm a mother. Maybe you, you're a sibling and, or maybe you just got hired so you, you, you have a position in a company. What, what, where are you in life right now? It's, it's kind of like just taking an evaluation. Where are you right now? What does it look like? What does your race look like? What does your health look like? This is where I am today. What do I need to do to stay healthy? Where do I need to be to get healthy? Instead of saying, well, I got to run 20 miles a day to get healthy. No, no. Just start off with little steps here and there. See, you're, you're, not, you're not in this race alone. You have the God of the universe with you. So you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But you don't have to do all things right now. As we say in Hawaii, just take baby steps. Baby steps. Just baby steps. Little by little. You don't have to do everything all in one day. You never see an athlete do everything, all the exercises right there on the spot. You die. Sometimes we do that. We think, oh, I'm getting in shape. I'm getting in shape this year. You put on all the barbells and oh, you just lift your max 120. You strain all your muscles. Next day, cannot move. Four weeks later, broken back. You can't even do anything. Instead of trying to do everything one time, just start off in little increments, whatever it looks like. What does your race look like? Some of you feel bad because you started off the year doing devotions and you missed a day or two and you're like, oh, man, I can't, I can't do this. I can't sit down for an hour. Sit down for a minute. I can't even sit down for a minute. Sit down for 30 seconds. Read a scripture. I cannot even read. Listen to it audibly. I don't know. I don't want a phone. Then go to someone's house. Do something. Find a way to start somewhere. If you cannot sit down for even 10 seconds, that's a whole different medical issue. So that's, that's something else. But there is a way, and you don't have to do everything one time. What, what normally happens if we try to run another race, we look at someone else, wow, they can do this, they're doing that. Look at their spiritual growth. Look at them in leadership. Look at what they can do. You're done. But if you can say, Lord, who am I in you? And you'll say, this is who you are in me. Let's start here. And do 100% of what God asks you to do. That's all he asks for, 100%. You may think, but this is only 10 minutes of reading, but is it 100%? Then you did 100% of what God asked you to do. 
yeah, but I just got one scripture. It's so small. And all, all I got today in my reading was seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Then apply that. Apply 100% of what God gives to you. That's all he asks for, that you run your race. You may go into a devotional group and, and you share your devotion and you share what God is doing in your life and it may just be very simple. And then someone else shares and yours is as simple as, I, I just started coming to church and I'm learning about God. Yay! And someone else may share, you know, I've been in church for 30 years. I've memorized 5,000 scriptures. I know the front of the Bible to the back of the Bible. I pray in tongues. I have visions. I have prophetic words that come out. And you may feel like, oh, I'm not even, I'm pathetic, not prophetic. And you may, you may put yourself down. Why? Because you're looking at someone else's race. Let them run their race. No one's race is more important than the other. Why? Because it's not ours to own. He owns us. So when he asks us to run our race, just a little, whatever it is, we do that well, we're pleasing to him. You run your race, then you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But if you try to run someone else's race, it's just not going to work because you were not made for that race. The second thing you want to do is to prepare yourself for your race. If you want to write that in, prepare myself for my race. There, it takes preparation to run a race. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Run with endurance. And the Bible is telling us, listen, you're going to be surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. In other words, there are veterans around you and I that continuously pray for us, surround us. Here at this church, we have those who have gone before us, those who have, have, have gone through what we've gone through and come out on the other side with the Lord's help in victory, and they're cheering us on. And then the Bible says you're going to have that to help you in your faith. So take off every weight that slows you down, especially the sin that so easily trips you up. In other words, if you're trying to run your race but there's sin attached to it, you're going to drag, and it's going to take you a long time. And you run the race with endurance. Endurance. We're going to need endurance. We're going to need to persevere. We're going to need to be in spiritual shape to have endurance for the future. But we start now. We prepare for our race. Now, let's just say I'm going to have a race. Let's just say I'm going to run around this sanctuary. In fact, I should do that. Um, hopefully, we'll be okay with our sound. So this, let's just say I look like this. Well, I am like this right now. And I tell you I'm going to, I'm going to run a race right now. Now, this is, this is how I'm going to run. Sorry if you're going to be on camera, but hopefully you sign some waivers. So let's just say, now watch me. Let's, let's just say I'm racing. Now, I'm in this race right now. And um, so does it look like I'm running good? Is this my race? Okay. Hopefully I can run faster. So this is, I have like these dress shoes on, which I don't always wear. So I only wear at church. Sorry. I know it's kind of getting into everybody. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Give me one of these. Yeah. Hey, taking notes too. Good job. Can I see what you put? Running your race, yes, give me five. 
That's a good job. So I can stop by. I can say, hey, Johnson, how are you doing up there? Sound good? Okay, good job. We're all on camera. Okay, I can run around. I can take this turn. Oh, oh I came right back here. Oh, sorry. Okay, so I'm running my race. This is my race. How are you doing, Clarence? Good to see you. Thanks for serving tonight. Okay, running the race. I'm running. This is my run. How are you doing, Auntie Chris? Thank you for praying for all of us. Pray for me right now. I'm breathing hard. I'm starting to sweat. So this is my run. Whew. That's kind of far. I should have put, thank you, Katie Ann. I can run faster, but I won't. I should, have, I should have put on my gear. Okay, so that was my run. That was my race. Now, you may look at it and say, you didn't take that kind of seriously. That wasn't too serious. Okay, if that wasn't serious enough, what if I did this? Same, same dress up, okay, same gear, but now I'm saying, okay, I'm going to run a race. I'm going to do a marathon. Just imagine a marathon. Crowds of people. <sighs> People cheering, shout it, shout it. So I'm running, I'm running. And I came here, I just did like a juke step, and I just kind of run over here. I can fit back here. Okay, I'm running back here. And give me a high five, Stephanie. High five. I need energy. Okay, give me a high five, Teresa. Good job. What was your name again? BJ? PJ. Okay, got it. So running my race. I would go that way because there's a shortcut, but this way is longer. Actually, this is just my excuse. I didn't go running today, so I figured I could kill two birds in one stone. I can, I can preach and then watch this. Oh, I went outside. Went outside, came back in. Look at that. Still can go. Okay, now I go up steps. Okay. Now I'm breathing okay. Not too bad. So my heart rate is about 125. Okay. So not too bad. It, it was okay. I can run a race dressed in this. But what if I was to, too bad we didn't have, like, music. Can I get some gear? Okay. Whew. This is where the real thing is going to come. So this is my water. Now, I'm not going to prepare all the way, but I'm going to prepare some. So usually when I run, I have a towel waiting for me, just in case. Okay. I'm actually, am breathing hard. So, yeah, I am out of shape a little bit. But I have these guys. These are called, these are a wireless headphones someone got for me. So I'm going to put this on. So this is, this is how I prepare. And I put these on so I can hear some music. I bought these shoes. These are called Z-coils. The reason why I run in these shoes is because it's better. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make me go faster, but it does protect me from shin splints and plantar fasciitis. So, and I put this loop on because... Joanne at the store said, you want to do a runner's loop? Sorry, camera guys, if I'm messing you up right now. But I'll put this in there, get this loop in here, tie this like this, and then do the other one. Okay, so these shoes are super good. And believe me, I do not run in these jeans and jacket. I dress really goofy. I dress in these long, they call it combats, which someone said... Oh, I like your tights. I said, brada, this is not tights. This is, these are, it's good for, it's good for running. Keeps my muscles uh, warm. And he was like, yeah, whatever. Whatever makes you feel good, you can. I said, no, I'm serious. They're called Nike Combats. So every time, and he was a kid too. I said, no, tease me. I'm your uncle, respect me. So... And then I'll wear a jacket and a long sleeve underneath. I even use a headband when I run. 
a Jordan one so that it actually looks good. But I use it because it's thick and the sweat does Okay, so these shoes. Okay, here we go. I'll try to run a little bit faster. I've got to be careful on the steps because I might fall. Okay, I'm going to run as fast as I can in here. Okay, it's not, not too bad. Oh, this actually feels good. Okay, I'll go this way. Okay, and we'll run this way. Okay, sprint. Right here. Not bad. Okay, I'll go this way. I'll go this way. Okay, I'll go this way. Then I'll go this way. I didn't practice this, so hopefully this works. Okay, whoa. Woo. If I ate it, that would have been so awesome. Okay, now as I do this, take this off. I'm super tired. I'm hoping, I'm hoping something happens scientifically, metaphysically, and um, anatomically. I think that's the word. Someone is looking it up right now, and they're going to tell me after service, you know that word you said wasn't real. Okay. Take off these shoes. Take off this. My music. Okay. Put back on my dress shoes. Get my towel. Lay myself down. Okay. Take off my jacket because it's super hot. Okay. I'm hoping I sweat. Sorry, this is the gross part. I need more sweat. Okay. This is just for effects, so you can see it better. Okay. Sorry. Easy, Heidi. We're in church. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) She's... We should go home already. Okay, so this is actually it would be worse because when you sweat, you okay, okay, okay. Can I handle? Huh? So here, here's here. There's a reason for this. Um, when you run a race to your very best. You dress up for it, and you also pay the price for it. Many of us want the prize at the end. We want to succeed in life. We want to have success in our marriage, success in our relationships, success financially, success in our spiritual walk with God. We, we all want that. We just don't want the sweat that comes with it. We just... We don't want to look like this. We want the end result. We want the benefits of it. But when God says to run the race with endurance, we're going to need endurance because this life is hard. That's why, that's why we look like this when we run our race. When you run this race that God has set before you, it's not going to be smooth sailing all the time. You will be tired. Your legs will be sore. Your back will be in pain. You will go through some tough stuff. You're going to sweat. People will see you sweating. People will see the mistakes. People will see whatever it is. They're going to see it. They're going to visually see it. But I tell you this. If you were to go to a marathon, any race, and you've seen someone like this, and worse, maybe they're just, everything is just, you know when you see them, if they gave their all or not. 
when you see the ones crossing the finish line 15 hours after, and their clothes is in still good shape, makeup's still good, hair is still good, taking selfies, woohoo, we finished the race, and they look good. They didn't put in all the effort. Why? Because they still look in good shape. When you run for Christ, when you do things for the Lord, you're not going to look good sometimes. It's tough. It's not easy. But when you put in the work, even though we may look like this, it'll be okay because we run with endurance the race that is set before us. See, we all all want the prize, but we just don't want to sweat getting there. So whatever your race looks like, you got to prepare for it. And the third thing, ask God for clarity and vision for your race. Ask him. Ask him, what does it look like? Vision, clarity. What does my life look like? Where am I right now? And what does it look like to run my race right now? And God will deposit into your mind and in your heart everything that is necessary, all the wisdom you need to run your race daily. Daily. You don't have to project 10 years, and that's fine. I have no problem with goals and, and visioning out your life for the future. That's fine. But Lord, where am I today? And help me to vision out my life and give me clarity. Just give me clarity. You're going to have a lot of voices coming into your life. You're going to have people saying things. But Lord, what are you saying? You give me clarity. You're going to have gossip happening at work, in church, at home, with friends and family. You're going to have all of that. That in preparing for the race and in coming back to clarity, you have to come back and say, Lord, I hear all of that, but what are you saying? This is my race. What are you saying for my race? So-and-so loves me enough to tell me these things, but what are you saying for my race? I want clarity and vision, Lord. Help me with that. Can you give me vision and clarity with where I am right now? You want to write this scripture down. Psalm 119, verse 25, verses 25 through 32. Psalm 119. And, and if you need to look this up later, you can. I'm going to read from the message version. And the psalmist says this. This is a prayer that we all can pray. He says this, I'm feeling terrible. In other words, it's okay to tell God how you feel. God, I feel terrible. I couldn't feel worse. Get me on my feet again. You promised, remember? When I told my story, you responded. Train me well in your deep wisdom. Help me understand these things inside and out so I can ponder your miracle wonders. My sad life's dilapidated. In other words, my life is all torn apart. A falling down barn. Build me up again by your word. You know, honesty with God is okay. He likes that. He wants us to tell him how we feel and what we're going through. My life is like a falling down barn. Build me up again by your word. And then the psalmist switches almost into problem-solving mode and training mode, and I'm going to win this race kind of mode. Then he says, barricade the roads that go nowhere. Grace me with your clear revelation. I choose the true road to somewhere. I post your road signs at every curve and corner. I grasp and cling to whatever you tell me. God, don't let me down. I'll run the course you lay out for me if you'll just show me how. If you want a prayer, that's a prayer to pray. If you want vision and direction, clarification, revelation, pray that prayer. 
Why? Because it's a real life, meaningful, felt prayer. You can tell God how you feel, but at the same time, let him know where you don't want to go. Like you barricade everything that is not of you, God. Barricade that road that I've been down. I've been there already, so barricade that road. But also post up some road signs, a road map. Show me where to go. It's like when you ask a friend, oh, I'm going to come over to your house, but what are the directions to your house? Maybe they might text you their address, and you'll get a turn-by-turn navigational system giving you directions. Or they might just say, okay, go down the road, turn left at that stoplight, and then when you see McDonald's, take a right. They may give you certain signs along the way to tell you where to go. And God will do the same thing. When certain things are happening in your life, just go back to God and say, okay, God, what, where are you leading me? Show me how. And he is faithful to show us how. Why? Because he is our trainer for the race that he has set before us. Remember now, he said, I set this race before you. Therefore, you run this race. So show me how. And he gives us the greatest way in where we can begin and how we can stay the course. If you want to write the last point, number four, stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on Jesus. And here's why. If you think of any athlete in our world today, like a Kobe Bryant, you ask Kobe, who was his, who was his idol? If you know Kobe Bryant, he probably would say Michael Jordan. That's who he emulated. That's who he looked after. And a lot of his moves that he did was emulated after or imitated after Michael Jordan. You ask a Tiger Woods, Tiger, who was your idol? Who did you look up to? Probably a Jack Nicholas. And he looked, he looked to him. You ask Rory McElroy, who did you look up to? He's going to say Tiger Woods. They looked up to the greats. Why? So that they could become great. That's what athletes do. That's what movie stars do. They want to get better. They look for someone who is better than them. An athlete will look for someone with similar qualities or, or where they want to hit that mark. That's where they want to go. So they need to find someone that they can look to to coach them so that they can get better at their talent, their craft, and their skill. And the Bible tells us this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. We do this. We. We do this. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. See, you have to have a vision bigger than your life, but you need someone to look to so that you can find that example. Otherwise, who do we look to? If you look to someone else, you're, you're going to come across their shortcomings too. But if you look unto Christ, you only come across your shortcomings. But with Jesus, when we look to him, he's perfecting our faith. We become more like him rather than more like us. And we say to him, I want to change into you and your image rather than you trying to be like me and you change for me. It's No, Lord, I want to I look to you so that I change and become more like you. We look to Jesus. In Psalm 37, verse 4, the Bible tells us to delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. For some of us, we don't delight in the Lord. We use him, but if you delight in him, love him, then he gives you the desires of your heart. Here's what happens. 
when you say, Lord, I delight in you, I take delight in you, the reason why he can give you the desires of your heart is because the desires we used to have that was not of God, now that we desire him, those old desires that were of self is no longer there. We don't desire those things anymore. We desire what God desires. Now in partnership with him, he says, hold on, I can give you all the power you need. Why? Because now your desires are my desires. I want you to be successful in this area. I want you to do well. So here's the power, here's the authority, here's the blessing, because you delighted in me. And now that you delight in me, I can give you the desires of your heart because now your heart is just like mine. And now together we can run this race. He shall give you the desires of your heart. See, the the question is, do you desire God? What's your mark? What's your lane? What does your life look like? What is God building right now in your life? Whatever it is, even though it may be a little rocky right now, Stay the course. Jesus is our champion. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. That was his race. He ran his race, and he ran it well. See, we understand that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave for you and I. Jesus ran his race to death, and then life. He ran his race so that we could win ours. And only he could do that. Amen. Close your Bibles. Put away your notes for a bit. And we're going to pray that tonight on your mark, you get set, and then you go. Do something with what we've learned tonight. And let God do amazing things. And ask Grayson to come to the keyboard as we close in prayer. Would you pray with me? Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us an example through your life and how you ran your race. You ran it to the very end, unto death. You ran a perfect race. And because of that, you have given us a way to win our race. That you endured the cross, despising its shame. And now you have sat down at the right hand of the Father. And the, and the goal that you have given to us in running our race is a heavenly prize. It's not a temporary prize. It's one that awaits us. But until then, Lord, the race that you have given to us was given by you, which means in the race that we run, in the life that we live, you're going to be there with us. We can endure because you've already shown us how to endure. We can persevere and endure. We can overcome. We can champion this race, this life, this marriage, this family, this job, the way we think, the way we react, our anger, our frustrations, our jealousies, our resentments, our unforgiveness. We can overcome these things because you did that at the cross. You ran your race so we could win ours. And because of that, we have all the strength we need in you. So we fix our eyes on you as the author and perfecter of our faith. There is no greater joy that you could see while going to the cross than helping us to win our race. You died so we could live. And for that, we are eternally grateful for. We thank you for the strength that you give to us. It's on our mark. We're set, Lord. 
we're going to go to where you lead us. In your name we pray, and we all say it together, amen. Can you thank our champion for championing the way for us, and we can run this race.